Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Extra Life, the podcast for people who like podcasts about video games. I'm still working on it. It's not, it's not quite there we'll yet, there. is it? We'll get there, we'll get there. I'm Ellie Gibson. I'm Keza McDonald. And who have we got for our guest today? It's Beck Hill! Yeah, it's me, it's me, Beck Hill, guys. Hi. Hi, Beck Hill. How are you? I'm great. I'm really, really good. Seeing as it's a podcast about video games, what a great time to allow yourself an excuse to play video games. What, exactly. a, what a great time for that one specific thing only. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're going around do... like, mental health. It's mental every time someone says, oh, you're still playing that. Mental health. Like, that's what it's for. It's my mental health. And for the listener, Beck Hill, why don't you introduce yourself? Who are you, Beck Hill? I am a uh, comedian. I uh, write I write in a lot of animated kids shows. So um, uh, School of Roars is one of them. If you've got any tiny ones on CBBS, doing a new uh, Cartoon Network one, which will hopefully come out um early next year and i'm about to host a new arts and craft show on citv yay the new art attack yeah it's called uh, makeaway takeaway which combines my two favorite things which is craft and food <laughs> i'd like to extend personal thanks on behalf of everybody else with small children for essentially being our kids teachers for the last 12 yeah. weeks while we've all been stuck at home i mean thanks for lending them to me <laughs> <laughs> thank you children's tv writers and producers for rescuing us all the great thing about uh, children audiences is that uh, as you get older they stay the same age that's what that's how the saying goes isn't it <laughs> <Something> <laughs> like that. so beck have you had a particular lockdown game that's got you through the last few months uh, i'm obsessed with beat saber on the quest um on the oculus quest which it. is been so nice to feel like i'm not in a one-bedroom flat so Beat Saber, it's like... Half an hour. It's musical lightsabers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Why it's didn't like they call it that? That's a much better name. <laughs> guitar Hero. I got the power. I got unlimited power. I got the power. I got unlimited power. Put in the game. We're not playing the same. I was just going insane. From red to blue, from blue to red. And from red from overhead. Yeah, so you, you, you like you have the VR headset on. Are you playing it on an Oculus? Yeah, yeah. So you have like an Oculus Quest on your head, Ellie. Right. And you have these two controllers in your hands and 
in your eyes, in your brain, it looks like you're wielding two amazing lightsabers and you have to smash the beats as they come towards you in this psychedelic way. It's very cool. You get to jump around. I love it because you feel like a wizard like you feel (laughs) absolutely amazing like when I'm playing I'm like I look so cool right now (laughs) I keep thinking about filming it because I'm like I definitely look awesome and everyone would agree with that but I just (laughs) know if I were to film it and watch it back you'd look like that Star Wars kid in the viral video from the early internet have you ever have you ever filmed yourself having it off No, but I imagine that's very similar. I wouldn't know. I've definitely never done it either. Um, But I'd imagine it's imagine it's a similar experience. (laughs) It's more embarrassing than you think. No, no, because I've I've never thought to myself during doing that that I look amazing. I've I've felt nothing, nothing but shame and and apologetic. (laughs) Oh my god! Self esteem up, Beck. You need some therapy. <laughs> Great shame. Do you know they did? Um, so they have like a world championships of Beat Saber, and that's obviously for that they do film the people actually doing it. Um, and it's like lots of um tiny Korean women sort of making very small wrist movements and kind of moving a little bit. When I'm playing it, I'm like vroom, vroom, jumping yeah. around, looking like a complete arsehole. Yeah, yeah. I use my whole arms, which is also why I've broken things. Not your arms, hopefully. No, just just external things. What I mean, have you broken? I, I, well, when I first got the quest, like the first day that I was playing it, I put the headset on and I was having throwback moments. To do you remember when the classic Wii came out and everyone was smashing their TV sets because they weren't strapping the controller? Oh yeah, to because they were um, wrist strap. Got they were safe. what's the word? Uh, morons. Yeah, yeah, I remember. that's right. Yeah. You got to have the little. You, you, you had to have the little plastic condom for the remote as well just in case if it did hit anything yeah yeah you gotta be safe it wouldn't give it gonorrhea that was the idea yeah Yeah. um i did the exact same thing with the controller i thought i don't need this wrist strap and immediately flung it out of my hand (gasps) and it hit i had a framed piece of artwork which is a parody of an alex ross cover for any massive nerds listening um where it's superman versus the flash they're about to start a race it's a it's a seminal piece of comic artwork and uh it was a parody piece that i bought at a comic-con where they'd put sonic the hedgehog at the starting line between superman and the flash and i had it framed and uh, that that got absolutely smashed to pieces by me throwing the quest controller at my hand, and I just thought that's such a heckle, isn't it? it like is. for a VR headset to be like, take that platforming. <laughs> <laughs> So you're quite into the futuristic gaming these days, the VR. Beck. Yes, the VR. Do you like VR, Kezar? Are you into it? I'm I'm like unconvinced on VR. I love Beat Saber loads. Yeah. Because it's basically Guitar Hero but with your body. A lot of the other VR stuff I play just makes me feel a bit queasy. Yeah. I got one of the roller coaster games, immediately thought I was gonna vomit, and I got all the Star Wars games and um was fine until there's a bit where you climb a ladder and oh. then and then everything moves around you and that uh that destroyed me. After that I was like, nah, I'm not cut out to be a Jedi. Not with all this <laughs> ladder climbing. <laughs> You will always struggle. It's the choice to keep fighting that makes us who we are. I played um, Tetris in VR, um, which was a transcendental experience. It's oh, very really? good. Yeah, yeah. But then, so oh uh, yes, I've got that. It's very, very, very good. Um, mm. Quite a lot like being on drugs is the thing. So you know, you have to be alone. I would say when Tetris Effect is, is in VR, it's really the extreme Tetris. 
Um, <laughs> don't, don't it makes make me really like... anxious. It's got all these lovely things like whales and stuff around it, but it gets really fast. And it, it does. But like a, it, it, it's like playing normal Tetris, but you're inside, so you, the anxiety level is far higher than you expect. <laughs> See, I, I imagine it's like being on a bad drug trip the first when time, it does that. The first time I played Tetris I Effects, I put, I put the headset on, the VR headset on, and then I basically played through the whole game without stopping because I, I just something about it just and it was like two hours worth of like straight very intense Tetris. I took it off and felt forever changed. Oh, <laughs> it was very weird. The other weird VR thing that happened to me was I they did um you know the Resident Evil games those very scary zombie quite mm, frightening yeah they did Resident Evil Seven in in VR. Um, and it's an intense game anyway and you know in this game it's mm. one of those ones where it's really horror like you get sort of tied to a chair and beheaded in VR and uh, so mm. I was I had to go see this game a preview and I was very very pregnant and I walked into the room and everyone in there just looked at me and went yeah you shouldn't play this um, <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna let you play this so I had to watch somebody else play it oh that's <laughs> so lovely because yeah. they were so afraid that I would spontaneously have a baby from fear <laughs> <laughs> what a selling point that would have been, though. I know, right? I Imagine really feel like... if that had gone onto the reviews on the back of the <laughs> yeah, of the of, of the back of the what? I was going to say on the back of the disc. How old am I? <laughs> they uh, should bring discs. that in as a recommendation. I, you know, um, when lots of people are pregnant and the baby like won't kind of come, they say eat curry or have sex, or and then they oh, should yeah, add VR to that. Horror yeah, game, play, yeah, play Resident Evil, Resident Seven. <laughs> on the VR. Yeah, like, yeah. I like, like right. the fact that you were about to pass a human through an orifice in your body and they thought you would be scared by Resident Evil. I know, right? Oh, no, there the might be blood and stuff. Seen. That might scare you. They should do it the other way around. They should I've make a VR death. game where yeah. you have to give birth yeah. so that the I'd sorts like... of people who make Resident Evil games can truly appreciate the horror. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they should make a game for men where you have to shit a watermelon, a VR game where that's your objective. <laughs> Um, VR has become quite I did advanced actually to get take the true my, experience. Um, my uh, Oculus Quest up to um, to Scotland where my in-laws live because um, I thought my niece would really enjoy playing with it. She's like eight years old. And I thought, oh, this will be great. And I thought, oh, I'll put her on Richie's plank adventure, I think it's called, which is like all it is is that you go on a lift, the lift doors open, you're at the top of a building, there's a plank leading out and then you walk along to the end of the plank right that's it but it's like it's freaky because it's you're like oh it feels like I'm really high but I'm not and I forgot that when I first played it it was terrifying and it does mess with your head I just forgot that so I put her on it and then uh she had a panic attack and cried oh and then we managed to talk her into saying it's okay it's it's, you could hold our hands she did that kid thing where she was like I don't want to do it but I want to do it and I'll be angry if I don't do it but also I don't want to do it. I need to so do it for my personal development, but we, I really, really uh, I was don't like, want you to. should jump, you should jump. Don't, don't, don't get the kid to jump because when you jump, you, gen- you, you fall. And then, mm. um, spoiler alert for anyone listening is uh, you when you fall, you briefly, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, you briefly pass through the ground and everything goes white, which is very existential. Like it, you, you feel like you've actually died. And um, yeah, she's, she's, um, I had a lot of guilt. Had a lot of guilt. Yeah, you wouldn't have got that with Mario Absolutely. Kart. Yeah, and then she said, "Is there a different game that where won't you don't scar go me on for plank? life?" And I thought she meant in the same in which is Plank Adventure, and there is actually one where you have like a little jetpack thing and you fly around the city on a jetpack. And I thought, "Oh, that'll be better." And said, "Yeah, do you want to fly around the city?" She said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I want to fly." And I forgot again that to work the jetpack, you have to hold down the triggers. Um, 
otherwise it just it just doesn't work so uh so she put on the headset and i said yeah you just just jump off and you fly around in your jetpack and she just fell off a building um, i really had another panic attack so i feel like there's um, a pattern emerging here well, I, just, I, I know you've got this new series coming out i don't know if you're cut out for kids television to be honest but if i'm going to take the on like what episode one today we're going to draw a plane crash like what your deepest fears yeah 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 let's draw a picture of a monster I've got and put all it under the bed goals. i want you to create what you think happens after death <laughs> <laughs> i think vr is a bit like those stories about when cinema first happened and people went to the cinema and saw like a video of a train coming and everyone ran screaming away from the screen because yeah. the train <laughs> it's like that yeah, yeah. VR, VR, the first few times you're in vr that's kind of the problem with it as well because if the first few times you put on that headset and you go deep water diving or whatever and then it's it, it feels so intense and exciting and then the fourth or fifth time you're like eh, seen it just a bit nauseous now yeah, yeah it's off yeah yeah it's no good Ellie, what's your lockdown game been? What's my lockdown game? Thank you for asking, yeah. Kezza. I'm surprised because I think you know what it is and you're bored of me talking about it. I've been playing, most recently, my lockdown game has been Heyday. Are you familiar with Heyday, Beck? No, is it like Farmville? It's it's literally the same, but with different words on the top oh, of the page, no. basically. <laughs> I was hoping I was wrong. Oh, yeah. No, Ellie, Ellie's like OG Farmville Listen, man, Crew. I'm back in, mate. Yeah. I'm back in. So I got out. This is the thing. I played Farmville back in the day and I wrote an article about it uh, for the website I used to work for, Eurogamer. And then um, just this, just a few weeks ago, they they announced that Farmville was dead, right? They're killing, they're officially killing off because Flash is dead and all of that. And the website asked me to come back and write an obituary about it. So I did that and I dedicated it to the people who were in my Farm, Farmville Facebook group. <laughs> Because this is what I'm saying. This is how deep it was. And I said this in the article, but we were in so deep. We had this group where we were going there to swap items and stuff and look at each other's farms and stuff. It was like being in a gulag, but on, on Facebook. So I wrote this and I took it to them. And then one of the one of the old the old comrades from the gulag wrote on my Facebook page, oh, I don't play Farmville anymore. Yeah, I play Heyday now. And I was like, oh, what's Heyday? Oh, no, cut to three weeks later. I'm setting alarms for 3.30am so I can harvest my cotton. That's where we are. Don't don't get involved, Beck. It will ruin it will ruin your life, honestly. It's a bad, it's a hell of a drug. You're not into it, Kezza, but you're never into Farmville. No, because I loved Harvest Moon, right. which was game, a yeah. proper game. What, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Why is it proper? Why is it better than Heyday? You could... Play it for six hours continuously, whereas Farmville would like stop you playing, wouldn't it? Because it'd be like, oh, you got to wait now. You got to wait fifty minutes for this to happen. You got to wait till tomorrow until your crops are ready. If you're not willing to invest in diamonds, then yes, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's true. So like, I found Farm- <laughs> Farmville cut me off. Right. Like, I would have been in Farmville, but it kept cutting me off by saying like, oh, you got to wait now, and I'm I'm very impatient. So Harvest Moon is a Japanese um, farming game where you it's very cute. They've got um, very very cute looking cows. Like you could marry anyone in the village. Um, actually really did raise some issues of consent thinking about it now. I was going to say. <laughs> I did kind of learn <laughs> I did kind of learn from that game that all you have to do is give someone an egg every day for a year and then they'll be your wife. <laughs> the thing is, heyday, it has taken over my life. It is quite bad. Like, Pete now walks into him and goes, are you farming again? Are you still farming? It's ruining my marriage. Have you ever been... Have you ever been addicted to a game like that, Beck? Yeah, absolutely. I got addicted to... I think it was called Bird Life. And it was one of those sort of bejeweled type, you know, a Candy Crush style game. But each time um, you got enough, you pass enough levels, you you got a little bird, like a like a cute little fat budgie. <laughs> and I collect it, and then you could like upgrade their their cages and everything. And it got to a point where I was so addicted to it that I had to stop. Um, but I couldn't 
stand the idea of losing all my birds. So I found someone on Twitter to take my account for me so that they would look after the birds. You had the birds adopted. I should have done that with all my Neopets. They've just been languishing. What did you do with them? Just drown them in a sack? No, they're just, they're all languishing online, my Neopets, unclaimed. Oh, with it, with it. They're, <laughs> for 20 years. away by now. God, that's horrific, Keza. You could put that, you could put that in your, in your kids' craft or show. All, all the, Draw think, a Neopet think, yeah. after 20 years of neglect. <laughs> <laughs> think of all the Nintendogs. Think of them oh, the <laughs> waiting for walkies oh, for 10 years Nintendo now. Nintendog just isn't for Christmas, 98. <laughs> Nintendogs, do you remember in Nintendogs, which was on the DS, I think, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on the Nintendo DS. DS, yeah. If you didn't look after your puppy, it got fleas. It did. It was dark, It man. didn't die, but it mm. did get fleas and have to roll around in its own poop, which was... <laughs> <laughs> Death would have been kinder. <laughs> I was obsessed with virtual pets. I had, like, I had, obviously, the little... There was the dino ones that were like knockoff Tamagotchis and stuff. I had one that was like, oh, it's called Pixel Chicks, and it was like a little. Was it another birds uh, one? Why is birds LCD becoming such a theme in this podcast? In front of a three-dimensional plastic doll's house, what but the? like sort of palm-sized, and so the the little LCD girls would look like they were going in and sitting down on the little plastic couch it was actually genius it's like the same way that they do like the two-pack holograms these days like it was really really clever you can hang with pixel chicks and have a pixel day anything can happen no tell her what she'll say i have no idea what i did with it or where it is it's probably back in adelaide visit other pixel chicks and hang out even more but don't you dare ignore her or this chick is out the door i was obsessed with it and now i've noticed that they've brought out a similar thing for this Christmas called Pixel Stars oh. but it's like a it's like a colour screen so you don't get the backdrop of like the three dimensional doll's house or whatever but oh it blew my mind she needs her help to play so let's have a pixel day new pixel chicks interactive game a 2D girl in a 3D world each sold separately kids love screens let's put a screen on this Polly Pocket that'll yeah, work just put a screen on everything it's yeah. fine uh, yeah that's how you, that's how you get <laughs> you say property. that but I've my birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks and I uh, literally just sent a link to my husband it was targeted advertising on Instagram because that's what rules my life now. <laughs> and it was for a phone case that has uh, in the phone case, like on the back of the phone, it has it, it's a uh, Game Boy emulator so you can play um, Super Mario Brothers and Tetris and stuff. If but, you believe like, in breaking phone, the law. Like in a, in, a, in a screen in the case on the back of the phone. That's illegal, Beck. Uh, and illegal. not something we would condone. No, it, but, but what a good idea it would be if it were not, in fact, illegal. Morally wrong. To play it not on your phone, but on I, the back of uh, your phone. I certainly wouldn't buy my child a console called a Game Ori. <laughs> That's fourteen ninety nine on Amazon, and has it's it claims to have four hundred games on it. Yeah, um, but you really when you get to about three hundred and twenty, they start repeating. It just goes back to the beginning. I mean, oh, I have never obviously experimented in any way with with downloading or emulating old video games for fun. It's it's just never happened. It's... Have you filmed yourself having it off there? Seriously, <laughs> I want to know now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet... 
you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So, Beck, we've... We talked about the future of video games, which is obviously VR. It's not the future of video games. No. Um, what was the first game that you remember playing? I think might have been Magic Candle, which I think was an MS-DOS game. Oh. Um, oh it- no, actually, it would have been Mixed Up Mother Goose. Mixed Up Mother Goose? on uh, a massive floppy disk. Nine-inch floppy, I believe. Ooh. It was where you had. It was very. It was very eight-bit, and you had to go around and match all the things from the nursery rhymes up with each other in this little land. So you you walked around using the arrow buttons on the keyboard, and you had to collect like flowers to give them back to Mary. Mary, quite contrary, so was that she could plant them. Things like that. Yeah, was it any good? Do you know what? I was obsessed with it because it uh, was able to read your computer's time in that it knew if it was PM or AM. So depending on what time of the day you played, it would either be daytime or nighttime. Oh my God, and, it's got a real-time day-night cycle. And at the you could type in, like, I think it was up to seven letters or something to put your name in. <laughs> seven whole and letters. And so whenever the little eight-bit sort of uh, text would come up and say, like, oh, hello, Beck. Uh, can you help me? And I was like, you can see me and it knows what time of day it is. I just thought it was so magical. Couldn't oh. believe it. It's funny, those, we had, uh, at my school, we had, my school only had those crap old BBC computers. And this was like in the year 2000. So really, yeah, I was say very outdated. Year, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And um, we, after school club, we were all obsessed with like Granny's Garden and all these other weird Info, oh, in, I info games, Garden, yeah. edu- lemonade stand. Yeah, on the all of those. I mean, like, it, we could have played so many more interesting things anywhere else, but because that was all that was there, <laughs> the after school club, everybody was gathered round the BBC Micro with its weird games. All I remember about Granny's Garden is like apples. I want to say apples and a witch. Um, it had a very cursed energy that game. Yeah, I don't, don't find. But I think all, all those ancient like info games because you always remember them but you don't remember what they were called because you were usually really young when yeah. you were playing them so you end up like spending the whole of your adult life going who remembers this particular game and then suddenly someone somewhere will will find it for you so they all have that weird cursed energy like it was something only you played you had nintendo at your after school club bex is that right yeah there was a super nintendo at what? that's way better club. that um, was listen that i and uh, oh boy oh. That must that be was... an Australian. I've always imagined it would be some sort of paradise, Australia, because <laughs> in this country we'd be lucky to have yeah, we're lucky to have a, a shoebox and shadow puppets. Basically, you had bloody Nintendo after school club. Unbelievable. Well, the after school club was at the school, but it was run by like a, a woman, and so she like brought that. So it wasn't. It's not like our school had. Our school did not have Nintendo. <laughs> our school had Commodore. This was not officially sanctioned after Nintendo. school club. Oh yeah, right, Nintendo. I you went to and I remember my mum was so annoyed because we lived really close to our school, like walking distance. And towards the end of primary school, I was obviously old enough to go home on my own and wait for my parents to come home from work. But I insisted 
that I wasn't responsible enough because there was a Super Nintendo at school. So I was like, no, no, I need to stay here till you can pick me up. So she had to pay for me to go to after school care for like at least another year longer than I needed to because I got to play Super Nintendo there. She should have just got me Super Nintendo. It would have been cheaper. So you didn't have a console at home, Vic? I didn't for a really long time. Our parents wouldn't get us one. And then we were obsessed with our auntie Sega Master System 2. Mm. And eventually they, um, when all the Super Nintendos came out and PlayStation and everything and, and everything moved on, there's a shop in Australia called The Reject Shop, which is a bit like Poundland. Is it literally and, called The Reject um, Shop? It's I called The know. Reject Shop. Like that's its trademarked name. That's Australian for you. Just instead of Poundland, not even euphemizing. So this is a shop full of shit. <laughs> this is the, this the is shit where shop all the rejects go. It. Come and spend your money. And they had the Sega Master System 2 there for $40. Which you know is like twenty quid. Beck, I'm um, just gonna sorry. I'm just gonna and, have to. I'm just gonna have to stop you there. They had they had the what master system, please. Sega. I think you're fine. Yeah, no, no, Sega. Sega. My comedy partner Helen is Australian, and I've this look right. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm trying quite hard not to be racist. I'm not saying you know this is <laughs> specific, but it's specific to Australians. It's not just me being picky. When you turn the machine on, Beck, it actually goes. Sega. It doesn't go Sega. Like, how can you have got this so wrong, you people? What is wrong with you? I think you'll find that that is an American pronunciation of Sega. Sega. <laughs> Keza, back me up here. For I God, do for think it's, it's if the Japanese would say Sega. Therefore, right. That's what it must be. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> Sega. Sega. If you'd like to start that anecdote Look, again, please, gonna... with the correct pronunciation, please. And we, 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 we will yeah, be doing I, it again until you get it right. We'll be We're doing it again until you get it right. We're all saying the exact same word in the exact <laughs> same way. I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing any different inflections. I'm like, <laughs> it's not the Bob Seger and you're like, system. yeah, it's no, not it's not Seger. I'm like, yeah, no Seger. Yeah, no Seger. Yeah, it's not Swarfiga either. It's <laughs> so, it's not Las Vegas. It's. <laughs> Hey, do you want to know something that will really infuriate you is that Always. in South Australia, and I believe it's South Australia only, I don't say it anymore because it was teased out of me when I moved to uh, Melbourne, um, but uh, in South Australia they say Lego instead of Lego. Lego? 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 Yeah. You're just winding us like, up now. That's so, so we've taken the A out of Sega. Sega! <laughs> we've, put it, we've put it into Lego. Oh, my God. Right, I take it back. Australia isn't a paradise. It's hell on earth. I'm never going there. They can't speak properly. It's full of poisonous snakes anyway. Don't want to go. Big ass Bollocks. spiders. Anyway, so do carry on with your so in, story about in the, the re- Sega Master system or whatever it is you call it. Uh, was it the... No, I'm thinking of the Saturn. The Saturn was the Genesis, wasn't it? No, it was that the Mega Drive. Jesus name. wept. This is just ridiculous. <laughs> the Mega. Again, not Mega Drive. It wasn't the Sega Mega right. Drive. Because oh, you don't say Mega Sega, do you? The Sega Drive. Sega. <laughs> Mega. No one says Sega, Sega. Mega Drive. <laughs> God. Anyway, you picked up so a Japanese back a drive. A console just, that was not made by Nintendo yeah. at the reject shop. And then what happened? Oh, yeah. My brother and I bought it because it was cheap enough that we could afford it with our pocket money. And that was our first console when everyone else was on there. I think PlayStation 2 had just come out and oh, wow. as everyone was playing Crash Bandicoot 
uh, Crash Team Racing, we were uh, playing Echo the Dolphin and Alex <laughs> yep. Kidd. Or is it Eco the Dolphin? What am I? I can't. I feel so gaslit. I've I no idea what to believe anymore. Uh, the only thing it taught me is that if dolphins don't get enough air, they die. That was that was it. And you could kill stuff with sonar. Can real dolphins no do one, that? I must know. No one teaches you that in school, do they? <laughs> <laughs> what we've learned from nature, from video games. You Always eat mushrooms. And- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and dolphins can kill with sonar. And it's always safe to jump down a pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did you ever sort of catch up then? Were you always a couple of consoles behind growing up? Yeah, I think I've always been that way with technology in general. Like, I, in the same way that I was, I was using a, a... When I moved to the UK, I got a Wii Classic. And by that stage, I think everyone was on the PS4. <laughs> Um, and then I basically went from a classic Wii to having an Oculus Quest. So I just <laughs> bypassed everything. And I did that, like I had, I was listening to Walkmans well until, well into the 2000s. And then I got a, an iPod. I never went near a Discman. I don't even know what a Discman is. Ask me what a Discman is. Kez has never seen a CD. Don't ask her. She's very, very young. I had to walk to school with my crap Discman. I just remember it jogging every time I moved my right leg and having to develop a weird gait where I tried just not to move the right side of my body so that it wouldn't interrupt my Kerrang compilation CDs. Oh. People say you're walking around in circles. They're like, ah, oh, this is the Discman. It's the Discman. That's what the problem is. I think staying behind a couple of consoles is a really good way to enjoy video games. It's cheaper. You already know what all the good ones are so you don't end up like getting caught up in the hype cycle and buying something and then not enjoying it. I think it's a great way to enjoy games. Don't patronize yeah. her. A, I genuinely do. <laughs> she knows you're just taking pity on her. Is it bad when, when you don't feel patronized, but someone else points out you're being patronized? Oh, that worse? <laughs> I didn't know I was patronizing. I think that's worst of all. <laughs> it's like saying, oh, no, I think it's good that you got a shit old car. No, I think it's good. Um, but I know you two have something in common. You, you're a big Guitar Hero fan aren't you back I did yeah I am um, to the point that I I was in a share house where we had um guitar hero and that was what we all bonded over um and it was so addictive um to the point that a lot of us didn't go to bed that um I made a point of not buying a console with guitar hero on when I moved out of that share house because I knew that I would never see the light of day again oh I literally had to hide in a cupboard to play that game <laughs> Because I'm I'm literally in a cupboard right now recording this, so we haven't come far. I feel like I, a third wheel here, guys. Why don't you just get your guitars out and I'll... Uh, I, anno- I annoyed my housemates so much with the constant, constant guitar hero that I had to go play it in the cupboard under the stairs. <laughs> because they were like, if we hear fucking Iron Man one more time, we're going to murder you. <laughs> The main soundtrack of all the Guitar Hero games was quite like American rock, quite predictable really, quite American rock centric. And then the people who made it, um, there were a developer called Harmonix who made the first Guitar Hero games, and they're, they're extreme musos. Like they've all, they're you know they're all obsessed with music, and so all the bonus tracks were just the weirdest ass things, and like their own bands, they would put in loads of bonus tracks just by their own random bands that they had. So there's this whole generation of kids who grew up with Guitar Hero who just worship this random band that played three three gigs in Boston <laughs> once because they had a because they had a, wow. a bonus track in Guitar Hero or from early internet flash animations. Were you? <laughs> it's like references. most of the tracks that were on Tony Hawk. Yeah. I remember, like, I was listening to, what is it? Da, 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 
That one, that was on the Tony Hawk. And I remember hearing it the other day and I was like, I haven't heard this song in years. I haven't heard this song since the only place I ever heard it, which was Tony Hawk. <laughs> I recently downloaded the remasters. They brought the Tony Hawk skateboarding games back out. Oh God! Not the yeah, not, yeah Tony Hawk. Not, not ride. Though. Do you remember ride? That ride. had the plastic no. skateboard. Oh my God! I'd forgotten about that when they yeah. tried to bring Tony Hawk back, and they just it was in the Guitar Hero era where everyone was trying to make plastic things yeah. to sell you. Like Wii Fit had done really well, and everyone had sixteen plastic guitars and drums in their house, and they made like a lame ass plastic skateboard, didn't they? It was, and it had no the wheels. Wii. It yeah. was so rubbish. It was the stupidest thing. I had to review it, and I remember I worked out that you could. It was really hard as well. It didn't work properly, no. and you could get really high on the online leaderboard if rather than trying to ride the plastic skateboard you just held it over your head sat on the floor and just just shook it really hard like when you put your Fitbit on the dog it just like it really got the numbers up it was good Tony Hawk ride rated E10 for ages 10 and up it's funny because that's actually how I skate is it? different culture I downloaded anyway. those Tony Hawk remasters because I have a stepson who is nearly 15 and he skates. Um, he took up skating during lockdown because it was the only thing he was like allowed to do that involved seeing other teenagers. So he has taken up skating now. And now he's one of those kids like you see in the 90s with the baggy baggy trousers skating around the place and it's 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 very anachronistic but i downloaded the tony hawk remasters thinking naively he'll like this he likes skating now this will be cool not realizing that the most embarrassing thing that could possibly happen is your stepmom going i downloaded this cool skateboarding game for you because you like skateboarding oh <laughs> so it doesn't go down all that well with him i had a great night playing it it's like, like you might as well listening... ask if he wants to talk about the birds and the bees it's i know just right like, not, like imagine sitting you, there listening to you. the offspring playing a game that that mum played when she was a teenager like you know very embarrassing for him i'm sure yeah those games still slap though they're great i interviewed him once we've ever met him nice man dead behind the eyes yeah i think yeah. he might have hit his head too many times skateboarding <laughs> when you yeah. met him was he just sitting on the floor waving his skateboard above his head that's right yeah yeah he was just hacking off all the wheels off of every skateboard going this is the yeah. future now who needs them i don't need them anymore <laughs> So you've had you've had sort of quite a varied sort of gaming history, Beck. What was what would you say? What for you was the golden age? Is it now with your futuristic VR nonsense, or was it? Do you miss the Sega? Sega. I think one of my um, one of the things that I remember most fondly was um, I used to play computer games with my dad and my brother. And that was what started off with Magic Candle, which was a sort of uh, role playing um, text based game it's loosely based on lord of the rings and then i remember playing a game called lost eden that was it lost eden which is where there was like a load of dinosaurs and stuff it's a bit like dinotopia and like that was amazing but i would end up as soon as it got difficult making my brother or my dad play because if they died then i wasn't like it's not my fault and it's the same reason why watching twitch uh people on twitch and youtubers streaming and everything is so nice because when someone else dies in the game, you don't have that attachment of like, oh, I failed. You're like, oh, I still get to experience all the highs of watching where this game goes, but without feeling responsible when it goes bad. Ah, I never thought of that. Like it takes the anxiety or the pressure out of playing games because you still get to experience it, but without that, oh no, I might die. Yeah. Never never quite understood that appeal of Twitch. Now I get it. I I was going to say, I don't really get Twitch to be honest I don't I feel it's, it's a bit like it reminds me of like so I have this thing where I'm, I'm quite into food right I like to do a lot of cooking I like to one of my favourite things to do is to spend quite a long time like making a really nice meal and then I'll sit down to eat it 
And then when I'm eating it, I like to read a recipe book. <laughs> that is... Something else I might cook in the future. That is absurd. Well, my husband says this is like, you know, um, watching pornography while you're having sex. <laughs> Which, you know, some people I'm sure quite like that sort of thing. But um, but I've never really understood that with Twitch. Like, because for me, like, I might want to play a racing game or a tennis game because those are things I can't do in real life. Equally, I can't murder someone. So, you know, I quite like having that experience. But to watch someone else do it, I don't really get it. Do you get it, Keza? As You know, I, I've never quite understood it. I do understand it from the perspective of a teenager who doesn't have all the games in the world. Right, and so you mm. can just watch people play a billion more games than you actually have, yes. than you can purchase. And also, like I know some teens who basically don't play games; they just watch other people play. And also, it's kind of like it's almost like a boy band thing. Like I know some teenage girls who who have favorite streamers that they just are in love with, and they'll watch yeah. them play all the time. I read a stat once that the majority of people who watch YouTube gaming videos have never played a video game. Really? Yeah. Gosh. I honestly haven't made that I would up. Say, but I can't remember. The I source. would say that that is a mixes as you said, people not just not being able to afford to have all those games for Mm. whatever reason or the reason that I have for liking watching people play which is like the anxiety levels are a lot lower there's a lot less uh, responsibility and risk but also I think it's like because you were talking about you know it's like someone watching porn while having sex or like reading a a recipe book by eating but it's not equally weird you're not playing the game and watching someone stream it you're just watching someone do it it's what it is is it's more like watching Great British Bake Off or any cooking show or any it's like watching football I'm not playing the game you're watching someone play the game so I actually think that there's nothing like people are acting like it's this weird oh I don't understand kids these days but it's like we literally watch other people doing stuff all the time and people are only weirded out because video games are relatively new on the scale of sports or cooking or um, whatever other reality stuff that we're watching. I mean, half the time we're watching people who don't even do anything. Uh, I feel, feel like she's right and we're wrong, Keza. You've Perhaps. been schooled. Yeah. I've been schooled. Yeah. And it's pronounced Sega. Sega! Well, there we go. We've, I think we've been put in our place quite rightly. I think I might so. Give, where does one start, though? Say one was a 43-year-old woman, Beck. Uh, where, where would one start with Twitch? What's a good uh, gateway drug? I've been really enjoying uh, Zaffa Cakes, which is Bilal okay. Zafar, who's on, um, uh, who only just started streaming stuff. Arguably, that's because a lot of it, it's like a mix of sketch and gaming. It's probably more sketch than it is gaming. So he's kind of started, he's been playing Soccer Manager, but where he does all Football of the manager. the manager chats before and after the games and then has like a whole sort of soap opera thing that's happening with all the players and and it's really really silly um and really dumb a lot of improv and stuff and he's just very very funny and obviously Limmy is is um fantastic as well because you get that um lovely uh surreal sense of humor mixed with he likes to play a lorry driving game a lot which is it's more about watching his reactions while he drives a lorry than than good old euro truck simulator too is that what it is? It yeah. is a surprisingly, extremely popular video game with uh, middle-aged men. I'm not quite sure what that says about mm. the world that we live in. Probably best not to delve too deeply. Uh... <laughs> um, now, we've come to that time, haven't we, Kez? Oh, it? yeah. I'm yeah. oh, sorry to spring this on you, Beck. Um, once again, we have another extra special guest uh, to come into the studio. I'm going to skip the usual preamble and just go, is someone at the door? Yeah, I'll, I'll just pop out and yeah. uh, just get Can them. you go get them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> Ça va? Ça va bien? Entrez, entrez. Grazie. Bonjour, Beck. Uh, Beck. <laughs> Bonjour, je m'appelle 
Pierre Ubisoft. Ah, I'll be translator for this. Really? Um, we have oh. we have we have Pierre Ubisoft here from French publisher. Yes, it's <laughs> okay. I can actually uh, speak English. There's uh, been some complaints about how the voice is always the same. So wow. uh, yes, uh, I've come from uh, Paris uh, all this way to see you back in. And uh, oh, wow. I am obviously a multimillionaire game developer. <laughs> <laughs> And I have a budget of uh, four. <laughs> you right. Four hundred million euros to uh, spend uh, on a new video uh, game. Uh, Why are you laughing, Kez? This yes. incredibly oh, rich, important person has just walked Excuse into the me, studio, Pierre. and you're showing no respect at all. This is very serious. I'm, so- and, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Ubisoft. Continue. Thank you, Becky. That is a proper level of respect. Uh, uh, thanks for taking control of the situation, Beck. <laughs> so, Beck I'm Hill. a sucker for a Frenchman, so, you know. <laughs> what is... Well, hang on, what's the French again? What is your jeu de vidéo? Um, <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, actually. I, I actually do have a, an idea for a video game that I really want to see get made, and it's it's very simple. It's uh, for virtual. It's a virtual reality game, and all it is is that it connects with your collection of Kindle eBooks or whatever brand eBooks. Such a law! <laughs> it's, uh, it's a virtual reality game that connects to your eBook collection and then creates a very realistic um, beach or poolside scenario, and you just lie in the sun next to somewhere nice. And um, and hold hold up your book in in front of you, and you you just read a book. You just read a book next to a thing, but it just means that you don't have to leave your actual couch. Like you know when you read a book on the beach, and you get all sand in your your bits and everything, and your nooks and crannies, and you're like, oh, this is uncomfortable and awkward. Mm. Well, it takes the fun part about reading on a beach. Which is the book part, <laughs> and then, not the sun part. And then it, you can do that, but without you know, you just lie on your couch. You're nice and comfortable. You're not going to get sunburnt. Okay, I like this idea very much. I think uh, it will be the theme for the next Assassin's Creed. Oh, okay. that's that's a much chiller time than the usual stabby stabby Assassin's Creed situation. Do you think? Do you think it will hit the the teen audience that Assassin's Creed is so popular with? Absolutely. Excellent. Good. Okay. Well, thank Merci you. beaucoup. Merci Pierre. Au revoir. Au revoir. Thank you so much. I mean, it's really great that you came all the way from Paris for that. Bon. I mean, that we're... was amazing. <laughs> Where's Ellie? She missed the whole hi, thing. Hi, guys. Hi. So I just saw Pierre Ubisoft. Oh, leaving. yeah. Pierre came. He's, I'm going uh, to get back on the Euro I'm afraid I wasn't very professional, Ellie. I'm afraid oh, what his, happened? his accent kind of uh, made me made me die a little bit. Well, he um, heard that you know. he heard that certain people have been complaining that apparently a lot of the video game publishers who come here, a lot of their voices are the same. It's true. Yeah. I wasn't, so, I wasn't uh... expecting it, to be honest. I wasn't expecting Pierre. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it, was, it was such an experience to, oh. to have him with us. We do have one last bit of nonsense for you, which is the quickfire round. Don't think okay. about it. Just yeah. go for it. There's okay. no prize, so don't get excited. Sonic or Mario? Uh, Sonic. PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Yep, correct. Final Fight or Final Fantasy? Final Fantasy. Link or Lara? Link. Ooh. Ooh, we didn't even get into Zelda. Easy mode or hard mode? Hard mode. Oh, yeah. Nice. Ken or Ryu? Ryu. Ryu. I'm sorry, Ryu? You're going to give what? her a hard time about Sega and you're going to say Ryu? What are you talking about? Ryu! What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Ryu! How do you pronounce it then? Ryu! Beck, how do you pronounce Well, let's not ask her. She I, I do say Ryu, actually. It's not Ryu! It's Ryu! It's you! 
It's you. You're getting more Scottish. It's you know that. You. See you, you. You do the art. See you, you. <laughs> Chun Lee. <laughs> Listen, Blanca. Blanca, that's you. Again. You got to get it. you when, over there. Um, in Scotland, Hadouken just means Hadou. You know. <laughs> I want to play. Never mind Street Fighter Two Turbo. I want to play Street Fighter Two Glasgow. <laughs> they have There's a lot, a trick lot more blessing. Oh, you get to play as Begbie. It'd be amazing. <laughs> I think you'll no. find it's Rayu. <laughs> One more sniper or shotgun? Shotgun. Yeah, baby. Get in there. Yeah. Straight there in with the bullets go. to the face. Right. Well, we've established you're a very violent person who. <laughs> You can pronounce neither the names of publishers or video game characters, apparently, Beck. But thank you very much wow. for coming on the podcast. Really make the, go- the guests feel good about themselves. That's it, that's it. <laughs> oh, come on. You're doing a show about video games. No one's coming on here feeling good about themselves. <laughs> right, Beck, to finish the show, um, we decided, well, our producers decided, let's be honest, we did not come up with this, that it would be super cool and fun to say game over every time but obviously that makes us want to die inside so we're going to make the guests do it do you reckon you could give us a Yay. game over okay in whatever style you like uh, you know with whatever preamble if you want with it could, could you please whatever accent yeah, may yeah. Come to mind. <laughs> not, no not whatever accent Keza there's a line not we all know where it ones. is we all know where the line is <laughs> however you would like Beck Hill if you could right. please <clears throat> game over that's a good one. I like that, that one. Strong. That's a strong, strong contender for top one. Yeah, very, very, <laughs> very macho. Thank you so much, Beck, and thank you everyone for listening. Until next time. Thank Bye. you. Bye. This has been Extra Life. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Extra Life Pod. Extra Life. With Annie Gibson and Kaz McDonald. Produced by Joel Marks. Assistant producer, Alex Hart. Music by Wayne Shepherd. Extra Life is a great big owl production. We've had some complaints from the various video game executives featured on this show, um, and we'd like to just make absolutely clear that uh, Ellie's voices do not represent the actual views of uh, any of the corporations mentioned. Oh, spoil sport. Uh. (laughs)